In today's episode of the Optimal CEO Podcast, I'll be sharing with you the number one sneakiest reason why your low energy isn't happening solely because of being overweight and how this sneaky little thing may actually be causing your weight gain and your fatigue. So stay tuned to find out how you can tackle this commonly missed but easily treatable problem so you can restore your energy and start losing weight. Here at the Optimal CEO Podcast, we help CEO entrepreneurs who love taking ownership of their wellness journey because they know it's their most prized investment. And when their state of wellness is at its peak, their income soars. We want to help relieve CEO entrepreneurs from the pressure of unnecessary health exposure so they can be highly focused on growing their business and physically optimized for the journey so they can enjoy getting there. I'm Dr. Brian Brown, and I'd like to personally welcome you to today's podcast episode. Thank you for joining me. So I've been doing functional and integrative medicine now for close to 10 years. Uh, one of the more common questions I get asked from clients is, well, Dr. Brown, shouldn't I expect to have low energy if I'm overweight? Well, my answer to that is uh, low energy truly is a symptom. But the most frustrating and disheartening thing is, is the way our friends, our family, society, and even our trusted medical providers treat us. It's an easy pass for them to say or, or tell us, well, if you just lose a few pounds, I'm sure your energy would improve. So, you know, sure, losing weight might help with your energy, but what if it doesn't? Better yet, what if the reason you're feeling tired, the reason why you're having low energy uh, uh, is, is the very reason you've been gaining weight? You know, I, I, you flip the script on this and it definitely will tell you that, yeah, truly the weight might be leading to the low energy, but truly there may be an underlying cause that's causing you to, uh, uh, to gain weight. And that same underlying cause is causing you to feel bad. Uh, it's causing you to have low energy. It's causing you to feel fatigued and feel tired. I want you to meet a, a client, and this is a fictitious name because I don't want to violate any kind of confidentiality, but this is Sarah, and she's 42 years old. This is an actual patient. I've just changed the name and the age. Uh, she's 42 years old. She's a success, successful business owner, and she's struggling with low energy and weight gain. Um, she says the fatigue has been going on for um, uh, almost a year now. Uh, she can't say if the weight gain came first. Or the fatigue came first. And she knows that um, she's sick and tired of feeling sick and tired all the time and has been blaming it on her weight. In fact, her OBGYN has been blaming it on her weight. Her friends and family have been blaming it on her weight. And her husband has been blaming it on her weight. Uh, when I talked to Sarah a little bit further, she tells me that her personal trainer told her that if she lost about 30 pounds, her energy level would improve. So she's hearing it from her personal trainer as well. So um, she tried everything in her power to lose weight, but can't seem to get that 30 pounds off. She did lose about 25 pounds, which was an amazing feat considering what was going on. But uh, she still had low energy and fatigue. She just felt tired all the time. So um, if you've been in that situation where you've been told that uh, your weight is to blame for your, your energy issues, then just know this. 
uh, that particular way of thinking is wrong. Um, our way of viewing weight gain and weight in general, uh, when it comes to being overweight or being obese is actually broken. In fact, it, it borders on victim blaming. And quite frankly, if I can get on my soapbox just a minute, uh, it's getting quite tiresome and archaic and serves no purpose. When you reduce a person to a number on a set of scales, their self-esteem goes lower than it was in the beginning and the root cause never gets found. Like I said earlier, it's an easy pass to blame the person that that gives us an easy out. So we don't have to find that root cause. Having been 390 pounds myself, people who struggle with weight get ignored, they get pitied and they get blamed for their own problem. And this can have disastrous effects. Uh, again, it boils down to rubber stamp treatment. It boils down to ignoring the underlying problem and focusing on a symptom or a symptom cluster and saying, well, that's caused by this. But yeah, well, what's the solution? Um, so if the bottom line is uh, untreated weight gain issues, untreated fatigue that's leading to weight gain issues can have disastrous disastrous effects. If the root cause is left untreated, it can lead to type 2 diabetes. It can lead to cardiovascular disease. It can lead to stroke. It can even lead to early dementia we're starting to see in the literature. And definitely we've known that weight and weight gain type issues, obesity issues, have been linked to cancer. So uh, what are we to do about this? Well, first of all, you need to know there's hope. Don't throw the towel out just yet. When it comes to cases of weight gain and low energy, each case is unique. And if that's you, your case is unique and requires a unique solution. Um, my epiphany when I was going through this process myself, uh, losing uh, down from 390 pounds and getting to a healthier place. Um, I mean, I've lost over 150 pounds and and. That was an amazing feat in and of itself. Has it been overnight? No, it's not been overnight. It's been a slow process, actually. Uh, but I would rather it come off slow and stay off than to lose it rapidly and it go back on. I Believe me, I've done that. When I first went through my functional integrative medicine training, um, I was sitting there and we were we were going over all of these reasons why people might be struggling with weight gain and low energy. And I started thinking about the countless patients. I thought about myself first. I think we naturally gravitate in that direction. And then immediately after I had this flood of images, faces in my head, these Sarah's that were coming to mind that were like, holy cow, I have missed it so many times. But now I know what to look for. And that's what I'm going to pursue. So what's the solution? Well, the first thing you have to do is wrap your mind around the fact that every person, you have to assume that every person has insulin resistance. Insulin resistance can cause low energy, weight gain, and uh, many other symptoms. But the focus here is low energy and weight gain. But here's the good news. It can be diagnosed years, sometimes decades before it ever becomes a problem and turns into type 2 diabetes. You see, insulin resistance is actually what we find um, in particular lab work. And you actually have to look at multiple different lab parameters in order to see that a person is insulin resistant. And the unfortunate thing is, is that insurance companies won't pay for the labs that you need to check 
unless a person has problems with their blood sugar. And what they don't know, obviously, that we know in functional and integrative medicine is that, you know, these problems could have been diagnosed 10, 15, 20 years ago if you'd allowed us to actually check the, uh, the, the proper lab work. The good news is in functional integrative medicine, uh, we don't have to worry about that because we don't bill insurance. Uh, so we're not held to those uh, particular parameters. So when let's go back to Sarah. When Sarah came in, I checked several markers in her blood work that indicated she had insulin resistance. Uh, I do this with every single client that comes in uh, because I assume that they have insulin resistance when they walk in the door before I even hear their story. Um, partly because of the geographical area that we live in, uh, but partly because it's a it's a it's a it's a nationwide epidemic uh, right now that we're dealing with. Even even as early as uh, I found age nine uh, in a nine year old uh, insulin resistance, and I see that over and over again in children. Um, but uh, once we identified that Sarah had insulin resistance, she was a quick study. Uh, she, uh, she did exactly what we told her to do in her, in her lifestyle modifications. Uh, she got on the right supplement regimen and, uh, and before you know it, she began showing improvements, uh, probably first in energy, then in mental clarity, and then the weight started coming off. Um, there, there are a couple of major challenges when it comes to diagnosing insulin resistance. First, uh, we're in a diabetes epidemic in the Western world. Uh, this is why I say assume everyone has insulin resistance. The odds are so high you can actually take this bet to Vegas and win almost every single time that a client sitting in front of you has insulin resistance. Virtually no provider, uh, here's where the challenge is, gets even greater, virtually no provider will check for it. And again, it's because I said that uh, insurance companies don't really allow it. Um, some, some providers aren't knowledgeable about what to check. Uh, they don't have the time to do the extra work. And in most cases, insurance companies won't pay for them, as I've said. In other words, um, it, they won't pay for it until a person's symptomatic. Uh, a lot of times, uh, primary care providers, uh, and other specialists don't even pay attention to it until a person is symptomatic. It literally means that the person has to be, um, type two diabetic pretty much, before most medical providers or insurance company will allow them to get the workup uh, or actually do the workup uh, that's actually uh, needed. Uh, the number two thing that is a challenge that I see in the Western world is our Western diet is horrible. We have way too many grains, way too many sugars, way too much fruit, and way too, way too much dairy in our diets. Now, I know I'm going up against some pretty strong uh, strongholds there, uh, you know, in the agricultural industry, uh, you know, mainly, <laughs> and uh, whether it be dairy farming or grain farming or sugar sugar production or, or fruit harvesting. Um, but the the bottom line is, our ancestors uh, did not have access to grocery stores. Our ancestors didn't have access to processed food. Our ancestors didn't have access to fruit 24-7, 365, um, and grocery stores allow us to have that. Um, you know, I've got a, um, you know, I've got the sneaking suspicion that just putting this out there and saying, hey, we've got way too much grain, sugar, fruit, and dairy in our diets will probably point uh, the crucifixion team in my direction. 
because nobody likes to hear that message. Uh, most American diets are made up of those exact things. We don't need enough vegetables. Uh, we definitely don't eat enough green leafy and, and cruciferous vegetables. And we don't eat enough um, uh, organic protein. And, uh, you know, whether you're vegan or vegetarian, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, you need to eat organic protein, whether it's animal-based protein or it's plant-based protein. Organic is the way to go. And that's a whole nother topic for another day, uh, way beyond the scope of this uh, particular podcast. But um, before you get up in arms, just know that the Western diet is horrible. And that is probably one of the largest uphill battles that I fight on a day-to-day basis, more so than the medical community that's kind of messed up. It's kind of broken. Um, yeah, I can deal with that because I can do an end around around that. But at the, at the end of the day, it's left up to the person to modify their diet and start eating healthier. Um, you know, I have a, I have a friend that, uh, is in the health and wellness space and, um, he says, you know, a person comes up to him and says, uh, I'm keto, uh, meaning they eat a keto diet. He says, well, hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I think, I think the best thing you can do in this particular diet situation is be a varietarian. Uh, that's a, that's a popular buzzword that we're seeing today. And, uh, I would say, I would go even further, be a varietarian with a paleo diet leaning. What does that mean? It just means you're eating more like your ancestors, but you're varying your foods day to day, week to week. So here's, here's the, um, here's the solution to this challenge. Uh, insulin, insulin resistance is complex, but it's not complicated. And in the early stages, it's easy to treat. Finding a medical professional who can help you have more energy and lose weight by teasing out and treating insulin resistance isn't impossible. It takes a medical provider who's willing to do the right lab work, think outside the box and view it through the right lens, and take the time to compare those findings with clinical findings and history that they're collecting. Uh, if you suspect that you have insulin resistance, and and remember, I, I feel like you should assume this in any case, the easiest thing you can do is start modifying your diet. Uh, cut out sugar, cut out wheat, cut out corn, cut out white potatoes, cut out dairy, um, limit your high sugar fruits like bananas and grapes, stick to healthier organic proteins, organic veggies. And if you do this while you're looking for the right alternative medicine provider or integrative medicine provider, you'll be in good shape and probably even shed a few pounds uh, in the process and possibly even improve your energy. So what does all this mean? Well, in simple terms, it means uh, you'll feel better. Uh, Your energy will come up and you'll start losing weight. Um, You'll be more confident. You'll feel better about yourself. And you'll be able to get more accomplished while running your business. Um, Let's go back to the example of Sarah, a successful businesswoman. um, And she didn't realize how much of an impact her low energy and her weight uh, was having on on her day-to-day business. But it was having a huge impact. And when she came on the other side of that, her energy went up. She started losing the weight. She started feeling better. Um, Sarah's business actually soared. So what I want you to know is that uh, I am passionate about helping CEO entrepreneurs perform at the top of their game so they don't have to worry about the sneaky pitfalls in their health that slow them down. 
Uh, it's all about helping them feel better uh, so they can impact more lives with their business. If you've been having uh, low energy and weight gain, you can't quite put your finger on it. You've lost faith in the medical system and want to finally figure out the answers uh, of how you can improve your energy and lose some weight. My inbox is always open. I'd love to hear from you so we can book a free 15-minute strategy session to explore some possible solutions to get you back on track. You can message me anytime on Instagram at The Optimal CEO or on Facebook at The Optimal CEO. I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Please tune in next time where I'll be pulling back the curtain on the diet industry and sharing with you how they're fleecing you with their programs, quote unquote, and causing you to have worse health, not better health, worse health, and potentially putting your life at risk. If you've ever been told to count points, you won't want to miss this episode. Until next time, this is Dr. Brian Brown, the Optimal CEO, signing off. And I hope you have an optimal day. Here at the Optimal CEO Podcast, we help CEO entrepreneurs who love taking ownership of their wellness journey because they know it's their most prized investment. And when their state of wellness is at its peak, their income soars. We want to help relieve CEO entrepreneurs from the pressure of unnecessary health exposure so they can be highly focused on growing their business and physically optimized for the journey so they can enjoy getting there.